Good evening, guys. Just want to remind you guys that next week it's going to be a little different. We're going to be starting at 6.30 next week because we're having a family night. The Feeling Family Fellowship is next week. And uh, we're having uh, some Italian food. And uh, I've tasted it before. It's killer. And, uh, <clears throat> and we're going to have enough for everybody. So you don't even have to cook. Just come. Bring your family. Invite some friends if you want to. Um, and so I'm so looking forward to not just fellowshipping but the food. Um, it's really been like, I've been salivating <laughs> about it because it's, again, you're just going to like it. And so what we have, I, I'm not quite sure except that we, we will have some worship going on when we all come back in here because we'll all be back there for the first 45 minutes, whatever, fellowship, have a fun time back there and then come over here and we'll, uh, we'll have some worship. There's a young lady in our youth group that, that writes her own songs, and I have her coming to do a song. And, and the kids will be up here, and they have a puppet skit or puppet thing going on. And so it's just going to be a family night. We're going to have a short message and some communion with the family. And so I just want to invite you guys to be here. It's going to be so much fun. I mean, you guys normally, most of you guys normally come on Thursday night, so come anyways. Just get here a little earlier and don't eat before you come. And uh, it's just going to be an amazing time, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Why is it that when we are, um, when we seek the Lord for His will, and we desire to do what He is asking us to do, why is it that bad things still happen, you know? Because I think sometimes we get frustrated with that. Even those of us who have been walking with the Lord for a long time, it's like, Lord, I'm doing everything you want me to do. And it just seems like these, these things are, are, are getting in the way continually or just hindering. And, and it, it just oftentimes when we're trying to do what is right, what's, what we're you know, trying to be obedient, that things seem to take a turn for the worse oftentimes. And, and, and it just seems like, Lord, it's just not getting better. Or because I've done these things, it seems like because I've done this, this bad thing has happened. And it's like when I was walking in the world, how is it that I really never struggled like this? It's like, well, no, you probably did too. And we're doing what we believe God wants us to do. It just, it just seems when all these things happen, it just doesn't seem fair because we're trying the best we can. But I think that oftentimes we have the mindset as believers, we have the mindset that because we are followers of God, that because of that, we, we should be exempt from bad things happening. After all, we've asked Jesus into our life. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're, we're walking in the Spirit, not after the flesh, or at least trying to, day by day. How is it that, that everything bad seems to happen to us? And it's simply not true that it's not always just us. The Bible tells us in, in Matthew chapter 4, or chapter 5, verse 45, it says, He makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. It happens in both worlds. 
It happens to everybody. The sun rises on the evil and on the, on the good. And it rains on the just and the unjust. And I heard Dr. J. Vernon McGee say a long time ago, he said this, that it rains more on the just than the unjust because the unjust just stole the just umbrella. <laughs> so it seems like it rains more on the just because the evil guys get away with it, you know? It just seems like nothing bothers them. If you've ever read like Psalm, Psalm 73 where David is like, Lord, why? Why do they prosper? And look at what's going on in my life. And I am wholly devoted to you, it seems like. And it's interesting because when you're reading that, that chapter, when you get to about the, the middle of it, where he gets this epiphany, he says, but when I came to the sanctuary of the Lord, then I saw their end. <laughs> you know, and it was, it's almost like, oh, Lord, forgive me. Because he saw what would happen to those who didn't turn from the Lord or for the Lord. So you see, we, we, we are not exempt from going through trials, tribulations, pressures, and sufferings. We are not. <laughs> But it is what we do in those trials, in those pressures, in those tribulations, in those sufferings, it is what we do through them that makes the difference in a Christian's life. Because we're all going to go through them. As a matter of fact, we as believers are called to go through these things because we are followers of God. If you will, before we get into Acts 16, turn over to Second Timothy Chapter 3, and then we'll get back into Acts, our text. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 10 to verse 15, Paul writing to his son in the faith that we've read a little bit about in the last few weeks. He says, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering. Love and perseverance, persecution, afflictions, which happened to me in Antioch and at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecution I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise to sal- for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul encouraging his son in the faith that no, all the things that he went through and everything that he had to suffer, and we're going to see a little bit more of that tonight, it was all for the glory of God. God, God got him through those things and he, was, he understood that he was called to those things. And if anybody could say, you know, this Christian stuff is just not working for me, it's Paul, the Apostle Paul. If you read... Second Corinthians chapter 11, where he talks about and lists all the things that he went through because of his faith in Christ, he would be able to say, you know, it's just not working for me. Look at what happened once again. And so again, we see that 
Paul reminded Timothy. And it's interesting because Paul or Timothy saw what had happened to Timothy. Okay. It's interesting because (laughs) Timothy saw what had happened to Paul when he was in Lystra and when they stoned him. It's quite possible that Timothy was there when he saw that. And so he understood what Paul was saying, even though Paul was doing the will of God. And in Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. So as we continue in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, let us learn how to follow Jesus through the sunshine and through the rain, (laughs) through the ups and downs, through the good times and the bad times. Verse 16 of chapter 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope for profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks, in the stocks. Because Philippi was a Roman colony, as we saw last week, they went, they went with just about anything in regards to mythology or some religions. They, they, they just accepted everything, except for Judaism. They, they, they didn't like the Jews. They, the Jews had been expelled shortly before this time period. And you can look at that in, 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 um, in Acts chapter 18, verse 2 where it says that many of the Jews were were expelled or or taken away or put out from Italy, from Rome area. And so because Philippi is a Roman colony, that many of them were kicked out from those colonies as well. And there was an anti-Semitic sediment and prejudice because of that. And so there wasn't very many Jews that were in Philippi. Now, last week when we, when we got to Philippi, um, we, we, we know that Paul was, was led by the Holy Spirit to get there. 
All the other doors were closing and they were supposed to continue forward and get to Macedonia. And Philippi was one of the key cities that they were going to go to. And they got there and they they led a a woman and her household to the Lord. And there must have been others who, who came to the Lord. And so it is safe to say that that as soon as lost people are saved, then begins the hindering of the enemy, Satan, right behind them. As, as the Lord is doing a work, then the enemy wants to come and destroy the work of God. Guys, it is a natural process that happens. You begin to walk after the Lord, do the things that you're, you're supposed to be doing, and, and be ready for the hindrances that come our way. It is a natural process. When we jump ship, when we, when we rank out from what the world wants us to do, and, and we, we decide to follow after Christ, then we're really being rebellious against this world system. These kids that want to be rebellious and they're rebelling against their parents, it's like they're not rebelling. They're doing exactly what the world wants them to do. You really want to be a rebel, follow after Jesus. And, and once you do that, once you rebel against the world, then, then Satan is the one that comes after you and, and his demons. You know, He's the one that gets upset because you've totally jumped ship. And so we shouldn't be surprised when these things happen. We're not told how long it had been since Lydia and her household and others, I'm sure, had gotten saved. We, we, we don't know if, if, if it was within days or weeks of, of, of the encounter that we saw last week up until this time. It just says now it happened when they went to prayer. And so we're not exactly sure when it was. Again, we know that Lydia and them were going down to pray on the Sabbath day because even though she wasn't a full convert to Judaism, she was a, a seeker of God. She was desiring the truth. And so on the Sabbath, they would go down by the river, by the riverside there, and go pray. It was customary for this group of ladies to go down. But it's quite possible that after Paul was introduced to them, or how they came to know them, that, that because now they are now true believers in, in God that maybe they're going every day down to pray, that they were not waiting just for the Sabbath to happen. We're not quite exactly sure how it was happening, but it was happening. It could have been a daily thing. But it was no surprise, or it is no surprise, and it should be no surprise to us that when it comes to prayer, or anything that has to do with drawing close to God, that there will be interruptions and hindrances. And we see the, these group of believers desiring to go and pray. Very noble cause. And so, right as they're getting or going in that direction, all of a sudden the demonic activity starts. It, 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 it comes when, when you're wanting to spend time with the Lord. All of a sudden, these interruptions begin to happen. All of a sudden, there, there's, there's hindrances and things like that that might keep you from that place. Now, I don't want you to over-spiritualize this. If, a, if, the, if you're wanting to go pray and the phone rings, it, I'm not saying that it's a dynamic, 
thing that's happening, you know. I, I, I don't want you to over-spiritualize it. It's like, man, I'm going to... No, it could be a divine appointment that God's saying, hey, before you come to pray, there's somebody calling that needs your help, that needs you to minister to them. I don't want you to think that your kids are demon-possessed just because they bug you every time you decide to have a quiet time. You know, I don't want you to think that, that it's like, man, they're just demon possessed. I just know it. Because every time I desire to spend time with the Lord, I go, mom, mom, it's like, oh, shut up. I'm trying to pray. Yeah, that goes over really good. You know, (laughs) bunch of little demons. Sometimes interruptions can be because God wants us to do something else, but they do happen. And we, and we see that as this group of believers is desiring, going to go pray, that the certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met, met us, it says, met with them. And she brought her master some, some prophet. <laughs> this, this word for divination, it's an interesting thing because as I was looking it up and, and studying it, 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 it means puthan, puthan. And, and it comes from the, this Greek mythology that has to do with the god Python, which we know is a snake. And, and it's interesting because it, it's known as the earth, the earth dragon that, that, that kind of protected this city of Delphi. And it, and it is supposed that Apollo is the one that slew Python. And some interpret that this young woman was possessed with, with this kind of a god that, 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 that foretold the future. But there's others that, that, that suggest that she was more of a ventriloquist. That, that she would say things. I don't know. I don't know if she had a little snake over here. I don't know. But I'm thinking that's interesting because it had to do with divination, with, with things that are, are mysterious, that, were, that had to do with fortune telling. But the spirit is a demon. And, I, and, and as I was looking at this, I'm going, okay, wait a minute. It's saying that it's, it's telling the future. But no one can tell the future except God. God is the only one that knows the future, or can tell you the future of what's going to happen. Satan does not have that power. In, in, in the Amplified, it says about this spirit of divination claiming to foretell future events and to discover hidden knowledge. Satan and his demons do not have the power to tell the future. They don't. But they do know what the future holds according to what is said in Scripture. So they know what the Scriptures say about the future, so they can speak about those things and suggest those things in people's hearts, but they cannot read your mind. They just can't. They don't have that power because God is the only one that can read your mind. He knows your thoughts even before you say them. It's like, well, man, Satan is just putting all these thoughts in there. Well, yeah, oftentimes, yeah, that's possible. He, he can do those kinds of things, but he cannot read your mind. And oftentimes when, you know, you see things that, 
that it's like, man, they're telling me exactly what, what, you know, my family or whatever. They can only say things that they have heard, these demons. And I believe that they can use people to do those things. I, I, I believe that people can still be demon-possessed, just like what we're reading here. And there is power in, in what Satan has, but he is not God. And he doesn't hold the candle to God. But I think we give him too much credit in, 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 in what we think that he can do. Oh, there's a lot of power in that. But God, God is above him. He is a created being. And he has a certain time limit and that's it. He's not infinite, nor can he tell infinite thoughts in your mind. He can't. He just can't do that. He can't be a mind reader. This young girl was owned by several masters who had brought, or who had, you know, brought a lot of profit to their business that they were going, they were doing. And and I feel bad because it's like, I I, I say it's a young girl. I, I'm figuring it's a young girl, a slave girl, and these guys are using her. She's just being used by these masters. She's not only demon-possessed, but she has these people that are over her. And she is ensnared and she is, she is trapped in this lifestyle. We, we don't know how close she was or she got to Paul or the other believers, but what she was saying about, about all that was happening was true that they were men of God and they were you know servants of the most high God and they were out to to save others they were sharing the way of salvation you see satan and his demons cannot deny who god is the the scriptures tell us that the demons they know god <laughs> they believe in god and they tremble they they know his power they, 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 they quake in their boots because of the power of God. They, they know exactly who He is. But if they could blind others of what they know, they will blind others of what they know, of what they could know. They, they hide it. And this, this poor girl, even though she was speaking the truth, she was blinded because of, of, of this possession from these demons or this demon that was in her life. She was trapped. And so in this case, this girl, thus the Spirit, is speaking the truth about what Paul and his team were doing. But Paul didn't want the gospel or the name of God to be promoted by someone who was demon-possessed. It just, it just wasn't right. Because in one minute she could be speaking the truth and the next minute she could be speaking the lie through the enemy. And so he has to put a stop to it. But it's interesting because it says that, that he, he, this happened for many days. So Paul was pretty patient in, 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 in this girl coming alongside of them whenever they were going out to pray or wherever they were at. He was pretty patient in allowing her to say these things. But maybe it was a, a moment in time where the Lord just, just impressed it on his heart, gave him a heart of discernment. Um, to say, you got to put a stop to this. And he decided to be obedient in that. 
And it's interesting because it tells us that, that Paul was greatly annoyed with this girl. And the word for that is, is, is he was worn out. <laughs> he was worn out. <laughs> I was telling a guy that was in my office this, this morning, I said, man, I could, I could like just take that verse or that portion of the verse and just, you know, if I want to be annoyed with people, it's like, no, it's scriptural. Paul was annoyed. So I want to be annoyed. But no, he was wore out with what was going on. And I don't know if he was wore out because of the message or, or what was happening or if, he's, if his heart was just hurting and worn out to see how enslaved this young girl was and had compassion on her. Seeing that, man, this, this girl, it, 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 it almost sounds like, like she, was, she was being prostituted out because she, she had many masters and she was bringing in a prophet and they were using her. And so it could be that he was annoyed at, at that as well. But it just says that, that, you know, he finally didn't speak to her but to the Spirit. The one that enslaved her. The Lord had given him discernment that wasn't so much physical but a spiritual matter. And he dealt with it. And notice how long this process went. It it wasn't something that was drawn out. It, It wasn't a procedure that just like Man, you're just fighting and fighting and trying to exercise this person, man, to where this demon comes out. It it, it doesn't say those things. He didn't lay hands on her. He didn't scream at her. He didn't, like, change his voice to where it was more King Jamish, you know, to where it's like, he's got to come out or whatever, you know, in the name of... He didn't get... He didn't get louder... In that sense. And he didn't say it underneath his breath either. In the name of Jesus. Because Satan can't hear you when he do that. <laughs> the demon can't hear you. He, he said it in a voice, but he said it with authority. He said it not in his own name. Not in his own power. But in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the authority that Jesus has given to us. It is His name that that makes the enemy quake in His boots. It is His name that frees people. It is His name that that when you're being oppressed and when others are being possessed, that you as a believer have the authority to speak in the name of Jesus. The the Bible tells us in, in Matthew 16, verse 17, it says, "...these and these signs will follow those who believe in My name." They will cast out demons. They will speak in tongues and they will, you know, if they drink any daily thing, blah, blah, all these other things. But he says, in my name, you can cast out demons. And it's interesting because in a couple more chapters, when we get there, 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 there was this group of itinerant um, Jewish priests that they were trying to, to exercise people. Not like exercise, but like to cast out demon type stuff. 
And they came to, to one particular man that was demon-possessed, and they say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, we command you to come out. And the demon speaks back and says, I know who Jesus is, and I know who, who Paul is, but who are you? And it says that, that he just like jacked them all up. He just like beat them to a pulp to where they ran away naked. He just tore them to shreds. You see, they didn't have the authority of a believer. They were going on what they had seen Paul do, and he, they used the same words that Paul used, but they didn't have the authority. And yet the Scriptures tell us that He has given us that authority, that these are the signs that will follow. Now understand, these are not the, the signs that we follow. Oh man, I got that authority, I want to go cast out demons, I'm going to go to high school. I'm going to go over here, I'm going to go over there. No, no, we don't go following after those things. Those signs, they follow those who believe. We don't have to go looking for it. We will run into them in our daily walk. Now, I want to exhort you, be careful that the Lord kind of gives you the discernment because you don't want to be around your family and all of a sudden it's like, in the name of Jesus, come out. And they're looking at you as like, are you an idiot? Now, again, this has to be, again, man, you, you better be prayed up and you better be ready to deal with demonic activity if it's before you. Because it's not a game. <laughs> and there are, there are people who are oppressed and there's, all, there's people who are possessed. And it's not a game. And so we, we, we don't take that lightly. And you shouldn't take it lightly. And you shouldn't be looking for demons. They're out there already. If you feel like you're in that realm and you're, you're, you're being presented with this, then you better be on your knees ready to pray and ready to, to use the name of Jesus because you don't want that demon speaking to you saying, I know who Jesus is, but you're a weakling, man. You have no power. It's like, well, but... Uh, no, you can go with authority in that. And so as we're looking at this, we're, we're, we're seeing what's going on. And from verse 19 to verse 24 here, we see that, it, that all of a sudden when this happens, it says when, when, when her masters saw or discovered that their little moneymaker was done, they weren't too happy about it. And isn't it typical of the world that, that, when, that when they're done with someone, they could care less. It's all about their pocketbook. That, that's the way of the world, guys. The way of the world is to use you and abuse you and then just leave you when they're done with you. The world doesn't care about you. It really doesn't. The enemy could care less about you. It tells us that he is out to kill, steal, and destroy anything he possibly can. As soon as there was no more profit in them or for them anymore, they were done with her. However, these masters found out, and as soon as they found out, they came to Paul and Silas. It's interesting that Luke and Timothy, who are part of the team, aren't getting arrested and beat up. 
Because Timothy was half Gentile. And Luke is believed to be a full Gentile. And they went after the Jews. Those who, who seized Paul and Silas thought that they had a good case against them because of the anti-Semitic sediment that, that was going on in Philippi and in the Roman colonies and Rome itself. They figured, hey man, these guys are Jews and so we could do whatever we want to them because they're out propagating their religion towards other people and that was not lawful for them to do. Again, these guys, these Romans, if you came and talked about Greek mysticism, they would accept it all day long. If you talked about other religions that didn't have to do with the Jewish God, they were okay with it. Just like the world is. (laughs) Now, you could talk about anything, and they're accepting of it. But they were saying, man, these guys, they're, they're preaching or they're teaching customs that are not lawful for us. That, that, that we can't receive or observe. And yet they were into everything else. And their claim was that they were trying to convert Roman citizens to Judaism. And it's interesting because they never even stopped long enough to question them. Yes, they were Jews, but they weren't promoting Judaism. They were promoting Jesus. And it's interesting because they're not trying to convert her. They weren't preaching Jesus to her. They saw that she was already enslaved and they needed to free her up. And so they hadn't converted her. She just stopped making money for them. And so they never even stopped to even question what was going on. They just assumed because they were Jews that they were trying to convert people to Judaism and this would be an embarrassment for them later on. Next study. And so they brought Paul and Silas, old Sai, they brought him to the marketplace. Apparently this is where the magistrates, the authorities hung out and had court. <laughs> because it didn't take long before Paul and Silas were stripped. Because when it says here that they tore their clothes from that are off their clothes, uh, they tore off their clothes. It's, it's weird because I was looking at them and I thought maybe the, the magistrates had tore their clothes, but it wasn't. They tore Paul and Barnabas' clothes off of them and began to beat them. And so it wasn't long before this, I don't know if they had kangaroos running around at this court, but all of a sudden, in the middle of all this thing, they're being stripped down and commanded to be beaten. And the term beaten with rods means that they were beaten with sticks. And depending on, on, on the, the, the width of, of the sticks, you know, if they were pretty heavy, it's like, boom, it's going to be kind of blunt. But if they're little thinner sticks, then they're more like whips and they're hitting these guys and they're leaving some painful stripes and lacerations on these guys. Again, and since they're, they're, they had no clothes on them, It was going to get pretty hairy there. It was going to be pretty hurting. And again, just my mindset is like, did they have like a, I don't know, a thing with full of sticks? It's like, where did they get the sticks from? All of a sudden it's like, man, hey man, we got a beating going on. Hey, I got my stick. And they all show up and they start beating these two guys. I don't think that it was like, here you go, here you go. 
I'm sure this wasn't the first time they they had done this. And one of the things that I don't understand, and we'll see a little later next week, why is it that Paul didn't pull out or, 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 or start claiming his Roman citizenship here? And that's what's going to be embarrassing later on. Because he could have. It could have saved them from a beating. Or could it be that they just didn't have enough time to say anything? All of a sudden, they just came upon them. And, and man, they were getting beat. And they couldn't explain anything. And even if they tried, they, they just couldn't be heard. And so this wasn't this little slap on the wrist. A little like, here, let me whip you in the hand. and the, Come on, I'm going to throw you in prison. No, this, this was pretty gnarly here. And so, not only were they stripped and beaten, but they were thrown into the inner prison, the dungeon. And their feet were put into the stocks, it says. And more than likely, it was a piece of wood that, that, that was probably cut in half with some holes, and they opened them up and put them on their, on their ankles and then closed them and shackled them together and closed them up to where they couldn't really move. It's almost like they were shackled at the feet, but with with probably more like boards than anything else. Now, Paul and his team could have gotten to this point and questioned, did God really send us to Macedonia? Did God really send us over here for this? Is, is this what God wanted for us? Because we thought we heard God when we were over here and we wanted to go to Asia and that door was closed and we wanted to go up to Bithynia and that door was closed and it was like, no, just keep on going straight and they get to Torres and he says, you know, he sees the vision and it's like, come over here and help us and it's like, wait a minute, did I see that or not see that? Because again, sometimes we get to this point where, where we are like locked up and shackled and we feel in prison and we're going, all we did was try to obey you, God. I thought I heard you to say that, that you wanted me to do this. And I, and, I, and I went and I helped those people and I, I poured myself out that way and I did this and I did that because I was praying and I felt like you told me to do it. And it would have been really easy for them to say, I don't know, did God, did God really, did you really see that vision, Paul? What was it, bro? Because look at where we're at right now. And boy, does it hurt. It just doesn't seem like it's working out for us right now. Where is God? Where is God? When, when, when all of this stuff starts happening in our lives, it's like, God, did you like abandon us? Did, are, are, you, are you just playing this dirty little trick on us or what? Because I'm wanting to be obedient. And it seems like every time I'm obedient, bad things happen to my life. They hadn't had a real trial, and it's quite possible that, that they would never get a real trial. They didn't know what was going to happen that next morning. All they know is that, man, all of a sudden we, we do some good thing, and we get jacked up and beaten, stripped naked, how embarrassing, and we're thrown in prison, beaten and thrown in prison. And not just in the prison, but in the dungeon part of it. 
I mean, do, do, do you ever feel like when you're being obedient and then you feel like, like Paul and you feel like, really, where are you? How, how, how do you allow this to happen, God? Because it didn't seem like the magistrates really cared whether they got beaten or not beaten. But when did justice play a role when it comes to the world, guys? Where in the scriptures can you find that, that, that you will have justice here on earth? When, when, when does justice play a role or when does Satan play by the rules? Where, where are we promised that? Nowhere. If anything, we are promised that the world will hate you for doing what was, what's good. It is because of the, they, they, they hated him first that they will hate us. And we might not see justice here on earth. And the things that we are battling even as a society in our lives today, it might not get better. Okay, I, I, okay. it won't get better. It won't get better, guys. Oh, we'll have our good times and our bad times. We're going to have our ups and our downs as Christians, and we can come together and sing Kumbaya and like, let's go out there because we battled the world out there. We're safe right here somewhat unless somebody rushes in with a gun. And then you're going, really? In a church? It's like, yeah, how many times have we read about that? How many times have we read about people just killing kids just, just because? And it's like, no, there is no justice, guys. That's what we're battling. What time do I got? Turn over to John chapter 15. I want to give you a few verses. You can write them down or you can follow me. John chapter 15, beginning in verse 18 to 25. I just want to read these to you. Gospel of John 15, 18. It says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. You are... If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of this world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If they had come, if I, if I had come and spoken to them, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now... They have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. In chapter 17, verses 13 to 19, Jesus, as he's praying for his disciples, it says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world that they may 
have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one, that they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify them, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. These are the things that we have been promised as believers. These are the things that, that, that we have been promised to those who, who, who obey Him, who follow after Him, who decide to, to rank out on the world and decide, I'm not going to do what the world tells me to do. I'm going to do what Jesus tells me to do. That's when the persecution, the, the trials, the tribulations, the pressures will come upon us, guys. Don't be scared. <laughs> it's a natural process. This is what we are being called to do and He will keep us because He is able to keep us. He has prayed for us. He has sanctified us. He has set us apart. Don't freak out. All Paul and his team had done was be obedient to what God had called them to do. And being obedient, they had gone against the world. The world loves its own, guys. And the world will accept all religions and all myths as long as Jesus is not in the middle of any of that. Jesus is the one that divides. He's the one that causes that line to be drawn and Satan says, okay, now the war is on. Some in Philippi were saved from their sins. The slave girl was freed from being demon-possessed. And it was Paul and his team that were being used to do these things. They were being obedient. And yet they sit in prison, naked, beaten, in chains. <laughs> it doesn't seem fair, does it? The fairness was never promised to us. It's not promised to us, guys. Oh, justice will happen in the end. We might not see it here on earth, but justice will happen. It is up to God to take care of those injustices that happen in our lives. And we need to allow Him to do that. I want to finish a little early because I just want to go right into prayer, guys. Um, there was a song, one of the songs that, that we sang, and I just thought... Um, I just want to read it to you so we can go into prayer with this. It says, I have a maker. I have a father. He formed my heart. He calls me his own. Before ever even time began, he'll never leave me. My life is in his hands no matter where I go. He knows my name. He knows every thought. He sees every tear that falls and He hears me when I call. I, I, my heart, as we go into prayer right now, is not so much, Lord, help, help, help. He knows your name. He knows your thoughts. Let's just worship Him in prayer. 
Let's just give him some thanksgiving, some praise, because he knows you. He knows you by name. Isn't that amazing? And so how about if we just enter into a time and then whenever Jim thinks we're done, (laughs) Jim will come up (laughs) and his team and close us off. I mean, I'll be up here, but Sherry, can you start us off in prayer? Thank you. 